0: I'll meet you at the rope-toe. He hurried to his luxurious wood-paneled room, where deep carpets and a crackling fire made the scene beyond the window look even colder. Quickly he changed into water-repellent gabardine trousers, which he tucked into thick wool socks, laced boots, two light wool sweaters, a windproof leather vest, and a hip-length gabardine jacket, which he left unzipped. Jeffrey Dennis knocked and entered. He was a smooth, young operative from the Berlin office, wearing the Tyrolean hat that tourists bought. Jeffrey was bright, eager, and organized. But he was no outdoorsman. Still no snow? Give everyone the go-ahead, the older man told him. In one hour you won't see your hand in front of your face. Dennis handed him a small knapsack. Papers for you and your, uh, luggage. The train will cross into Austria at midnight. You'll be met at Innsbruck. This passport should be good until tomorrow. The older man looked out the window at the distant castle. My wife? Safe in Paris, at the George Sank. What message? The young man offered an envelope. Read it. Dennis read, in a monotone, Thank you, my darling, for the best twenty-fifth anniversary imaginable. The older man relaxed visibly. That was the code she had chosen with a wink the day before yesterday. She had provided cover, a romantic second honeymoon, in case anyone recognized him and asked whether he was here on business. Now she was safely away. The time for cover was over. The storm was building— He took the envelope and held it to the flames in the fireplace. He inspected the passport, visas, and border permits carefully. Sidearm? It was compact and light. Dennis said, It's the new automatic the German cops carry under cover." But I can get you a service revolver if you would be more comfortable with an older gun. The blue eyes, which had swept again to the castle across the bleak valley, pivoted back at the younger man. Without looking down at his hands, the tall American removed the magazine, checked that the chamber was empty, and proceeded to field strip the Walther PPK by opening the trigger guard and removing the slide and return spring from the barrel. That took twelve seconds. Still looking the courier in the face, he reassembled the pistol in ten. This should do the job. It began to sink into the younger man that he was in the presence of greatness. Before he could stop himself, he asked a boy's question. How long do you have to practice to do that? A surprisingly warm smile creased the stern face, and he said, neither unkindly nor without humor, Practice at night, Jeff, in the rain, when someone's shooting at you, and you'll pick it up quick enough. Snow was pelting hard when he got to the rope-toe, and he could barely see the ridgeline that marked the top of the ski slope. The stony peaks that reared above it were invisible. The other skiers were excited, jostling to grab the moving rope for one more run before the impending storm forced the guides to close the mountain for safety's sake. Hans had brought new skis, the latest design, with steel edges riveted to the wood. Wind is growing, he said, explaining the edges. Ice on the tops! They stepped into their flexible bindings, clamping them around their heels, put on their gloves and picked up their poles, and worked their way through the dwindling crowd to the rope, which was passing around a drum turned by a noisy tractor engine. They grabbed hold of the rope. It jerked their arms, and up the two men glided, providing a typical sight in the posh resort. A wealthy American seeking adventure in late middle age, and his private instructor, old enough and wise enough to return him safely to the hotel in time to dress for dinner. The wind was strong atop the ridge and shifty. Gusts swirled the snow thick and thin. One moment there was little to see beyond a clutch of skiers waiting their turns to start down the slope. The next moment the view opened to reveal the hotel, small as a dollhouse at the bottom of the slope, the high peaks soaring above it. The American and Hans pulled along the ridge away from the crowd, and suddenly, when no one saw them, they wheeled off the ridge and plunged down its backside. Their skis carved.